Good morning, uh, Emmaus Wednesday morning chapel. Thanks for having me. I'm honestly uh, very honored to be here. So um, thank you to Joel and Dean Chavez and you guys are in good hands here. So um, like Joel said, my name is Travis. I'm a pastor here in town. I work with Salt Company. It's our college ministry over at Veritas Church. And so I won't uh, bore you with much about that right now. But we do have a few students here that go to Salt Company, so if you're curious about it, you can ask them about it. Uh, and we love it. But I have 20 minutes to talk about jealousy. And so, really, honestly, I didn't think I would need that much time. So, if you look at Galatians 5, verse 19, it says, The works of the flesh are obvious. And I'm reading out of the CSB today. Sorry if there's any confusion. I'm in, I'm in CSB. The works of the flesh are obvious. And so jealousy is one of the works of the flesh. And so uh, Paul says that the works of the flesh are obvious, don't do them. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So just don't be jealous. That's all I've got for you today. Thanks for having me. See you guys later. Yeah. Why, it's, is this a 10-second sermon or not? Is there more to this? I think there's maybe more to this. If you, uh, if you guys read the children's book, if you give a mouse a cookie, yes. you know, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to, he's going to want a glass of milk, right? Okay. If you give a pastor one word to talk about it, he's going to try to convince you it's the most important word in the entire Bible. Okay. So that's my goal today to convince you the word jealousy is actually one of the most important words in the Bible. We'll see if I can do it. There's this list of desires of the flesh and works of the Spirit. And I think it's fascinating when you look at this list of desires of the flesh. He says they're obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatreds, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, Factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. Now, we see a couple of things in this list that we see attributed to God. Do you notice that? There's two specifically that I catch. Even at first glance when I'm reading this, I caught these two. There's something to do with anger that we do see sometimes attributed with God. And there's jealousy. Is God jealous? Is jealousy a bad thing or a good thing? What are we talking about here? It's, it's a word that seems to be divided. There seems to be something going on here. So I'm going to do a quick, I'm going to jump around a little bit and just look for other instances of this word jealousy in Scripture. I, I, I'll try not to get too caught up on this, but I wanted to look at a few examples here. So Exodus 34, 14, the Lord himself is speaking to Moses and he says, For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. God is jealous. He's like, he's like, my name is Jealous. What is that all about? Well, it's okay. The Old Testament's in Hebrew. Surely there's some mis misunderstanding here. It can't just be that clear. Well, it's this word kana. I'm probably saying it wrong. Sorry, professors. But uh, it's this Hebrew word kana. Strong's Concordance says, translation, Jealous. Like, usually when you try to translate these words, there's like, 
sentences of trying to explain it because it doesn't usually translate one-to-one. -one. This one, they're like, nah, it pretty much just means jealous. That's what it means. Okay, fine. Other examples, Deuteronomy 29, 20, the Lord will not be willing to forgive him, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man. Look, we're seeing something about the Lord's anger and the Lord's jealousy going against somebody. And there's even something about heat related to this concept. Okay, we'll, we'll understand that more eventually. But it's another Hebrew word similar from the same root, kinah, zeal, ardor, jealousy. That's the translation. Okay, but in the Old Testament then, maybe it's just always good. Is it ever bad in the Old Testament? Genesis 31, 30, verse 1, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. It's the same word, jealousy. She said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel and he said, am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? She wants something that only God can give. And it's due to her jealousy. Okay, fine. What about the New Testament? We get this word, zelos. That's the word we see here in, in uh, Galatians 5.20. It's this word for jealousy. It's, again, the translation says this warmth of feeling for or against something, jealous or zealous. Do you see the pattern? It's kind of the same problem with defining the Old Testament word, the New Testament word in Greek, even our English word jealousy, there seems to be this same divide in this word, no matter what language it's in. 2 Corinthians 11.2, for I feel a divine jealousy for you. Another translation says, I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God. Paul is attributing this jealousy to God, and he says, I have this godly jealousy. What about one of my favorite passages to argue with people about? Revelation 3, the letter to Laodicea, right? The hot or cold. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish, that you were hot, I wish that you were cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. For you say, I'm rich, I've become wealthy, and I need nothing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you may be rich, white clothes so you may be dressed and your shameful nakedness not be exposed, and ointment to spread on your eyes so that you may see. And then he says this, as many as I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Same word, be jealous and repent. Okay, so there's a lot going on with this word here, this idea of jealousy. Is it so obvious that this is bad? Is this bad or good? We gotta get this straight. This definition of this Greek word that I read says, apparently it's an automatopoeia. Do you guys know an automatopoeia? It's like when we say the word boom. It's like a word that just sounds like what's happening. When we say smack, it just sounds like a smack. So apparently this word zelo is somehow an automatopoeia for boiling water. Doesn't exactly sound like it to me, but okay, we'll, tr we'll just trust them. But it's apparently this, like, it's like the sound, maybe how you pronounce it correctly, because I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, sounds more like bubbling or boiling water, li literally like bubbling over. So you can think of it like overflowing. So a way we could start to kind of understand this emotion here is like, 
an overflow of, of passion or desire, an overflow, a burning passion or desire, a zeal, right? In our English language, we tend to be a little more comfortable separating this into two words, where we say jealousy is kind of the bad version, zeal is kind of the good version. But Paul, and, and in the Old Testament we see with God, it's the same word. It's this uncontainable emotion, right? Think about Rachel, what she was saying. I want a child so bad, you can kill me. If I can't have it, I want a child or I want death. She's overflowing with this emotion for a child. Paul is another guy. His life is kind of defined by this zeal. He says things like, to live is Christ and to die is gain. His emotion for Jesus is just overflowing out of his life. Yes, another instance of kind of this jealousy or this zeal. And yet, in this list, it's one of the works of the flesh. So what are we supposed to make of this? This word is clearly divided. I was thinking about Hebrews 4.12, where it says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the hearts. I think so is this concept of jealousy. It's a concept that goes straight to the heart. It's a demonstration of what your heart is aimed at. So this will not be a 10-second sermon, sorry. <laughs> so I was talking with my wife, and we're just processing this. What, okay, what, what is, you know, let's just talk about jealousy. Let's just kind of process it and, and see where we see it in our life. And as we were just kind of talking, my wife says, as she's reflecting, she's like, I think I was a really jealous kid. She's thinking about herself in middle school and high school and academically and just in life and band. She's like, I always had to be first chair. If I wasn't first chair, I was so jealous of the kid who was. I always had to get good grades. If anyone got better grades than me, she's like, I was just so jealous of the kids who got good grades. If I wasn't in the friend group, I was jealous and so we're sitting there talking and we kind of, you know, a few minutes pass as we're both just thinking and talking and playing with our kids. And a minute later, she goes, you know, now that I think more about it, I don't know if it was just the achievements that I wanted or the success that I wanted that I was jealous for. She's like, you know what I think it was? I think it was the attention that it garnered those kids. I think the kid who was first chair I wanted the attention that they got. I think the kid who got the best grades, I wanted the attention that came with that. This idea of jealousy, it's, a, it's obviously this strong, overwhelming, emotional kind of feeling, this kind of emotional word. But at the core, I do think there's something important about this. It's, it comes down to attention. What is our attention on. What kind of attention are we seeking? We're studying the fruits of the Spirit, right? And you're trying to walk, live, and keep in the fruit of the Spirit. And you, you, you get assisted in that by contrasting it with the works of the flesh, the things to avoid, the follies of the flesh. And I honestly think that this word, this concept of this attention and this desire can go either way. So, what are you jealous for? Whose attention do you want? Whose attention do you have already? 
And what should you be paying attention to? I do think there's a bit of a mystery here at work with this word. This, this metaphor of soul and flesh and spirit and, and jealousy, where we have kind of the good kind of jealousy and the bad kind of jealousy, a way we could sum it up is this. There's this positive jealousy that we in our English language like to call zeal. And, and we should put it toward the right things. And then there's this negative jealousy that we should call geal. I'm just kidding. I wish it was zeal and geal, but it's not. It's like zeal and jealousy for some reason. But okay, so zeal and geal or jealousy. The, the jealousy is the negative kind, right? That's when we put it toward the wrong things. And Paul is still kind of saying, this is kind of obvious. Like you kind of know when you're doing this. I mean, think about it. A desire for your spouse. Let's say some of you are married, some of you are going to get married someday. A desire for your spouse is a good thing. A desire for somebody else's spouse is a bad thing. A deep desire for God, to to pay attention to God, to worship God is a good thing. To worship a false God is clearly a bad thing. So what is it aimed at? You know, we all know the, well, maybe not we all, but I do think sometimes it gets talked about a lot, this metaphor for sin. So sin is like the, where the word comes from is, is a metaphor. It's like an archery term, like you miss the target. The word sin literally means like to miss. You know, you shoot an archery, you miss the target, it's sin, right? So you could think of your jealousy, your deep desire as this arrow that we all have and we aim it, right? But what are we aiming it at? Are we aiming it at the right thing? It's one of these very powerful arrows that we have in our life. And if we aim it at the wrong target, it brings death. Faith, another way we could think about faith is like putting that arrow, putting that aim onto Jesus. God loves us. In some way, there's an analogy here of how God loves us with this jealousy. He puts his attention on us even if we don't deserve it. And we should do the same. We should put our attention on him because he does deserve it. Always. Fully. So I'll give you a few points today if you're a note taker and you want to take notes. The first point this morning is just simple. Be jealous for God. And it's like, wait, I'm uncomfortable with that. I don't like the word jealousy. Well, again, it's this, you can write zealous if you want to, but my point is like, they didn't split this word in other languages very much. And it makes us uncomfortable, but that's the kind of emotion that we could put on God. And the problem is when we put it on anything else. So if we aim that emotion at God, if we have this zeal, this ardor, this desire to, be, to, to focus on God, that's a good thing. Now, then there's the other side. The things not to be jealous about, right? And so how do we talk about not being jealous? Because that's really the surface level, the, the, the main level of what, what we're talking about. These are works of the flesh. We're not supposed to do it. So what should we not be jealous about? Well, you could make 
the laundry list for yourself, I'm sure. But a couple of ways I wanted to approach this. One was just pointing out, I think because of the nature of the fact that this word is so closely, like it's so fine to split this word into the good part and the bad part, I think it can wear a lot of positive masks. I think our jealousy can be masked by positive things. Let me give you a couple examples. Our jealousy can wear the mask of achievement. No, no, I'm not jealous. I'm not jealous of them. I'm just a hard worker. I'm just driven. I'm kind of a type A personality. I'm not, I'm not jealous of those other people who've achieved slightly more than me. This is just who I am. I'm just, a, I'm just driven. I'm just a hard worker. I'm not jealous. I think our jealousy can wear the mask of achievement. What about the mask of skepticism? Maybe you're the other type of person. No, I'm not jealous. I, I don't even want the attention. I don't want to speak in class. No, I'm not jealous. His dad bought him that car. I'm not jealous of him. I'm not jealous. He didn't, oh, they, they didn't really earn that. You know, if I had that much time to practice music, I'd be as good as them. I'm not jealous. We can point blame. We can be skeptical. Oh, he never spends time with us anymore because he's just so in love with his girlfriend. I'm not jealous of him. I just think he should spend more time with us. What about bitterness? I'm not jealous. That, that friend group, I don't want to be in that friend group. They're such a clique. I don't, I don't even want to. I'm not jealous of them. Don't you see how our, our jealousy can wear these masks of other things that, that hide it from us? But the surface level is that there is jealousy in our hearts. It's all over the place. It's any time we desire something that someone else has and we don't see the full picture that God sees. So sometimes we also need to just not overthink it and just take time to sit. Be honest with yourself and see what you're jealous about that other people around you have. Search your motivations, right? Are you jealous? God's kingdom is disordered by misplaced jealousy. It gets disordered by misplaced jealousy. So point two, if you're taking notes, jealousy can wear masks. You need to search within your motivations to find a root of jealousy. Jealousy can wear masks. None of us are above this warning. It can sneak in at any moment. So seek it out in your heart. And number three, I do want to say this because sometimes we can talk about jealousy and then it can start to feel like, well, what am I just supposed to not pay attention to anybody around me? Am I not supposed to see good things that other people have at all for the risk that I might become jealous of them? I don't think that's it either. I do think it's okay to notice people around you. I do think it's important for us to notice people around us. In fact, Hebrews says this, Hebrews 13, 7. This is like one of my life verses. Remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you as you carefully observe the outcome of their life, imitate their faith. As you carefully observe the outcome of their life, imitate their faith. There are times where you need to look at people around you and pay close attention and imitate them. And I'm not saying you do this out of jealousy. I'm saying you do this out of a desire to be faithful. So you might not 
the solution to jealousy isn't just to cover your ears and eyes and just not look at anybody around you. It actually might be to pay attention to the right people. Because this line, there, there is a line between jealousy and healthy imitation. There is a place where you can observe a person around you who's faithful and imitate them. So that's why I don't suggest complete blindness. It's okay to notice other people. Jealousy's in your heart, not in your senses. It's not in what you look at, it's in the emotion you feel when you're looking at it. And kind of the miracle is when you're able to observe others and it becomes a blessing and not a curse. It's this patient observation and even imitation that can help you fight jealousy. And so point three, if you're taking notes, is it's okay to imitate godly people. It's okay to imitate godly people. It's actually probably good, right? Hebrews 13.7 gives a pretty strong suggestion on that. Don't imitate famous people that you don't even know. Imitate normal people in your life who love Jesus. That people right in front of you. And yes, we are to be made more like Christ, not like people. But the community of people around us is an in integral part, right? The church is an integral part of being made more like Christ. It's the people around you. So you come together as a part of God's church to be made more like Jesus. So part of this, this leads to this other idea of fighting jealousy is partly realizing what is actually amazing. Just like, just stop and think about what's actually amazing in life. What, who, who has an amazing life? Do you find yourself getting your attention put on people that they seem like they have an amazing life, even though you don't really know the ins and outs of it? And if you really stop to think about it, maybe you don't want the life as much as you think you do. And you see the person who won three Super Bowls or the novelist who sold a million copies, right? But every step along the way for them is like more success and more attention is beckoning them forward. That's not that hard. It's not hard to keep doing something that's going to get you more and more attention and success. You know what's hard and amazing? To pray for somebody every single day and never get attention for it. Completely quiet, completely in your own room. A friend that you love, pray for them every single day and tell nobody about it. That would be amazing. That would be hard. Part of this is just seeing like, if we step back and think about it, our jealousy would fade away if we would realize we don't want the things that seem amazing on the surface, right? It's not as amazing as it actually sounds. The person who is just faithful in life is amazing. Proverbs 3 says, my son, don't forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commands for they will bring you many days of full life and well-being. It says, never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. That would be amazing. A way to combat jealousy is to know what's actually amazing. And sometimes what we see as great achievements, what could be easy to consider as amazing, is not as amazing as we thought. Of 
course, the famous person got beckoned on with attention and success. But what of the humble person who denies themselves to serve others? God is, is jealous for you in a positive way. God wants and deserves your attention. If you want to know something amazing, it's what Jesus did for all of us. And we know this. I mean, we all know this. But that God would offer his son for us, that's amazing. That Christ would have humility to step down and take on flesh and bear our sins on the cross, that's amazing. That's something worth putting our attention on. So may students just want to bless you and, and your studies. You're here as students. I urge you to not squander the time under this roof. Take the time to study deeply. Take the time not just to learn more about God, but to grow closer to God. Not just to know about Jesus, but to know Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know him and he will make your path straight.